0: are in the midst of a teaching series called The Good Shepherd, and the, this teaching series, we kind of, uh, the heart of it is summed up in this simple phrase that we've been sharing with you guys, to walk with God, and it's kind of a two-fold thing going on in that phrase. The first is to walk with God. To not run with God or jog with God or go mountain climbing with God, those are great things, but to slow down our pace and walk with God. And the second is to walk with God, alongside of him, near to him. And so the heart of, you know, that little phrase and the heart of this series is to just slow down our pace as a church and to really just fix our eyes on Jesus and to let him minister to us. Over the last couple months, our teaching team has been asking the question of like, how do we kind of remove ourselves as much as possible and step out of the way so that the spirit of the living God can minister to our church family? That's kind of been our goal we've been slowly walking through Psalm 23 verse by verse, one verse a week. And this week, even though it's really like beautiful and sunshiny outside, we're in verse 4. So today we get to talk about darkness and valleys in life and evil. You guys ready? Excited for that? Right on. Thought so. So let's start by just reading the first line of verse 4 real quick. The first line of Psalm 23 verse 4 it says even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil. I was having a conversation with a friend earlier this week who was telling me telling me about a friend of theirs, so a friend of a friend, uh, who they just love just a good friend who they love, but they were telling me, you know, This friend, he used to be really passionate and on fire for God, but life has just kind of handed him the short end of the stick over the last few years, and the hammer of life has just kind of struck down hard. And in the midst of that, that fire that once blazed brightly has dwindled. And in this conversation, I was just struck by the fact that the valleys in life Those low points in life, the the dark seasons and the hard seasons, they have a lot of potential on our souls. They have the potential either to form us into the image of Jesus and to strengthen us, but they also have the potential to destroy us. If you're anything like me, verse 4 of Psalm 23 is not a verse that you typically like linger on too much. You know, like if you're meditating on this psalm or doing Lectio Divina, if you're like me, it's like either I want to be in like verses one through three. It's like the Lord is my shepherd, green pastures, still waters, or in verses five through six where, you know, the Lord, he prepares a feast for me. He anoints my head with oil, goodness, and mercy. But verse four, darkness, the valley of the shadow of death, evil, that's kind of one that I, I feel like we typically kind of Slide through real quick, not where we're initially drawn. But the problem with that is we're kind of shortchanging ourselves. We're kind of lying to ourselves in a little bit. We've we've bought this lie, and we actually really like this lie and want to live into this life that or into this lie that life with God is always gonna be peachy. We have these expectations of what life with God is supposed to look like, what the promises of God are supposed to look like. And sometimes we have these false expectations of what God has promised or said he would or wouldn't do. And even though we live in a culture where we are like, we are hyper-aware of things like trauma and injustice in the world, darkness and evil, at the same time, while we're hyper-aware of that fact, we at the same time simultaneously want to live ignorant to it to some degree. And at arm's length to it. We want to live ignorant to the fact that darkness is a reality that could, does, and is happening to us and around us, because that would just be easier, right? But let's read that line again. The first line of verse 4 says, "'Even though I do walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil.'" Notice it's not, if I happen to walk through the valley of death, if I happen to show up at one, or, you know, I will not fear the evil that hypothetically exists somewhere out there far away from me. No, it's even though I do walk through the valley, I will fear no evil. Guys, Scripture is so good to us. Scripture wants us to not live in ignorance, to not be deceived. It wants us to see life for what it is because Scripture also knows the way to live in reality, the truest way to live. And I'm not saying this because I'm a pessimist or like a particularly negative or dark person. I don't think that I am. But I'm saying this, guys, because I don't want us to walk and live in ignorance. I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to walk in ignorance. I don't want to be deceived. In John chapter 16, Jesus, he says this to his disciples. He says, in this world, you will have trouble, period. Not everyone's favorite verse. In this world, you will have trouble. So I say this, I'm bringing this up to keep us from the lie and to help us see the shepherd in the darkness with us. Because when we expect life without tribulation, life without hardship, and we have these false expectations of what God has promised us, when we are in the valley, it will destroy us if we have false expectations. I've seen people blame God for evil in their life. I've seen people question if God is good because of the bad things that they've seen around them or that have happened to them. I've seen people question if God is even real. If this sort of thing can happen, how could a God let that happen? Therefore, he either doesn't exist if this happens, or if he does exist, he's not good. And that's a whole rabbit hole that we could go down. But what I want to say to that really quickly is that there is a very real enemy who wants us to fall prey to those fears, to every one of those lies, as many of them as he will let us fall into because he doesn't want us to have eyes for the shepherd. He wants us to have only eyes for the darkness and the fear of the things that we are afraid of encroaching in around us. He wants our focus anywhere and everywhere except on Jesus but we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. In John 16, which I quoted earlier, Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. But then he does follow it up. He says, but take heart. Don't fear, for I have overcome the world. So in the midst of the darkness of the reality of a world filled with evil, Jesus strikes a match of radiant hope, this little flame to burn there in the darkness. In Psalm 23, verse 4, it kind of does the same thing. Even though I walk through the valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. So for the rest of our time, I want us to just focus in our gaze on Jesus and to just train our eyes on Jesus. A couple weeks ago when I taught, I referenced this author and teacher and scholar whose name is Ray Vanderlaan. Um, and Ray has done a lot of like studying of Middle Eastern shepherd culture. And he talks about on one of his first trips to Israel, He was hanging out with some shepherds, and he noticed that, you know, through most of the day, the shepherd was leading the flock out in front of them. He was walking, and the sheep were kind of behind, following him for most of the day. But as darkness fell, the shepherd changed his position from walking out ahead of the sheep and repositioned himself in the middle of the flock with the sheep all around him, like a kind of amoeba of sheep, all with the shepherd in the center. You are with me, says Psalm 23. When we look to the shepherd in the valley, we realize that he is actually closer now in the darkness of night than he was during the day. What a beautiful picture being painted here. And this is the God that we serve, guys. This is the God that we get to walk alongside of as our shepherd. This is a God who walks in the valleys with us. And he doesn't just walk in the valleys, he knows the valleys himself. We're talking about a God who traded the splendor and the glory of the throne room of heaven to take on flesh and walk this earth like you and me that's a valley. We're talking about a a God who Jesus on Palm Sunday entered into Jerusalem with the entire city praising his name just for a few days later. He finds himself outside the city on the other side of a very real valley in anguish to the point of death because he's about to be arrested falsely accused put on trial and murdered God knows the valleys he's the God in the valleys with us Maverick City uh, they've got a song called To You or like Coming Back to You or whatever uh, Chandler Moore you know I'm coming back to you you know that one uh, come on yeah um, no not that Uh But there's this like Maverick City, spontaneous worship. There's this ad-lib line that Chandler Moore has where he says, you're not just at the beginning and you're not just watching from the end, but you're walking with me in the middle. You're the God of the middle. When darkness surrounds, the shepherd draws near and walks with us. Verse 4 of Psalm 23, I think, is simultaneously, like, the darkest verse of the psalm and the brightest, because it so clearly shows the fierce love of God for his people, even when we are prone to miss it for fear of the darkness. But if we look to Jesus, if we look to the Good Shepherd in the midst of the darkness is when we can most clearly see the radiance of his light. It's in the cold of night that the warmth of the fire is most obvious. And in the face of danger and evil and darkness, Jesus draws near and is a comfort. David says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. If the rod and the staff, for a long time reading this uh, psalm, I was like, isn't that just like the same thing? It feels like the same thing to me, so why are we just saying it twice? But no, the rod and the staff are actually two different and distinct tools that the shepherd has at their disposal for leading the flock. The rod is this heavy, almost club-like weapon that the shepherd carries, And it's used to protect the flock from outside danger, from predators, from wolves, from lions and bears. It's used to keep the sheep safe from the enemies around. And the staff is maybe what we more think of when we think of the shepherd, that walking stick probably with a curve on the end. The staff was used to guide and correct the sheep's path. As they're walking along, as the shepherd is leading and a sheep begins to wander off on its own, the staff is used to help guide and correct it back onto the right path to keep the sheep from wandering into outside danger. The rod used to protect from outside danger and the staff used to keep the sheep in, protecting them from their own selves. The presence of the shepherd is a comfort because he is good, loving, just, and caring. It was the presence and the character of God that was a comfort to David as he walked through his life's valleys and wrote this psalm. Guys, I, I, I know that we all know that like life can be hard. And I hope we all know that evil Israel. But this verse is an invitation to recognize and name the darkness for what it is because we don't have to be afraid of the darkness. We just need to draw near to Jesus. And this verse, for many of us, could probably a little discomforting I don't want to walk through any valleys of death. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what I want life to look like necessarily. But for those of you who have walked through the valley, I imagine that this verse is actually pretty comforting. Because if you've walked through the valley and you've had eyes for the shepherd, you've grown to know firsthand the nearness, and the presence of the good shepherd, even in the midst of the dark valleys of life. Before we kind of wrap up, I want to just share one final observation about verse four here with you guys. So we've been walking through verse by verse of Psalm 23, right? In the first three verses, David is talking about the shepherd. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me in paths of righteousness. He, he, he. But in verse four, when darkness draws near and evil is around, David shifts his gaze from talking about the shepherd to talking to the shepherd. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. When darkness and evil draw near, David sets this example for us that our first instinct is to speak to the good shepherd, to speak to Jesus when you're in the valley. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to take the next like eight minutes or so, and we're going to talk to the shepherd in the valley. Uh, feel free, um, for, we're gonna take eight minutes or so, work through a few prayer prompts. Make yourselves comfortable. We've got some space. If you wanna spread out a little bit, you're welcome to come sit up here on, in this open floor area. We've got some open floor in the back as well. If you prefer to sit on the floor or lean against a wall or pace, feel free. You have full freedom to just connect with God however it's easiest for you in this space. as we step into prayer, uh, just take a minute, close your eyes if that's helpful for you. Take a deep breath. Relax your shoulders. And to begin, I want you to just identify an area of darkness in your life or a valley that you're going through. Or a place where evil is around. Just name it. And once you've identified that area, I want you to just invite God into that valley with you. Tell him what situation has come to your mind and just invite the presence of God into it. And Once you've invited God into the valley, just take a couple minutes and just share your honest feelings with God about how this particular situation makes you feel at the moment. Just be candid with him. Speak honestly and openly with God. Isaiah 53 says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they shall not overcome you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames, It shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Take another minute and just ask God to teach you to have no fear in the valley, in the face of darkness, in the face of evil. And then to end, just take a couple minutes and invite God. I want you to ask him to just show you where and how he has already been leading you through the valley, where he's already been with you in that place. If you have a journal, I invite you to just go ahead and pull that out or grab your phone and open up the notes app and just write down, you know, maybe somewhere where you feel like God showed you that he's walking with you in the valley or something that he might have been speaking to you during our time of prayer and just your reflections on that time. Just take a minute to reflect and journal. All right, I'm gonna invite you guys to do something that might feel a little bit vulnerable. Um, and I want you guys, if you're willing, this is an invitation, no one has to, um, but to circle up in groups of three or four and just share like what God is stirring in your heart right now. Um, whether it's from teaching or from your time of prayer, and just to share and circle up and testify. Try to have someone you don't know in your group and get to know them real quick, but take the next four or five minutes to circle up and just share. Feel free to move chairs and do that as well. Say hi, get to know whoever it is that you might not know in your circle. Groups of three or four, for time's sake, if you're in a bigger group, try and split off into two smaller groups. Take about one more minute to wrap up your thoughts and conversations. 30 more seconds. gonna go ahead and pull you guys, pull your attention back up here. Yeah. So as you guys get your seats kind of pulled back into order, um, we're gonna go ahead and just hop into communion. We've got bowls of communion underneath every other chair on the inside aisle here if you want to grab those bowls and pass them around. And communion is something that we do in remembrance of Christ, and this was instituted on the night that he would leave this meal where he told his disciples to do this in remembrance of him, walk out of the city of Jerusalem through that very real valley and into the garden where he would be arrested, and so we take communion to remember what Christ did, that He knows the valleys, and that He's there with us in the valleys, the bread, His body broken for us, and the juice to represent His blood shed for us. So just go ahead and feel free to take communion as we step into our time of worship together.